15-year-olds that when, when, you know, you're told to go to class and you don't like it, you can leave. We've already told these kids, if you're not happy, you can do something else. We've already told these kids that it's hard to hold them accountable, and now we're going to tell them to not man up and walk down a line on somebody who's kicked your butt and have enough class to shake their hand is utterly ridiculous. You know, the first time I heard that today, the only thing I could think was, that's how people sound like his voice after they were out all night, hammered the night before at a nightclub, screaming at one another to try and talk. Well, right? why, why do you think that that wasn't the situation with Tom Izzo I, there? I'm not ruling it out. I'm just saying that's the first thing that Aren't came Aren't we all mind. rooting for that to be the scenario with Tom Izzo? I think Sparty's been having a tough year, so maybe that's how he's letting off some steam. <laughs> Voice half gone. Oh, man. Ultimately, though, I do believe he's right because I saw the suggestion floating around about eliminating the handshake line after games. and Pretty I, ridiculous, man. It's just amazing. Off of one incident where yeah. one guy, in my opinion, and I, I still can't believe there's another side of this argument, but apparently there is. One guy acted like a clown, so now we should abolish the entire uh, handshake line. Did what? you see the I'm, – I'm, I call it the new video because I didn't see this video until today. And it's basically right there the whole time. It has good, clean audio. And as they're walking through the lines, Juwan Howard, before he gets there – pulls his mask down and is talking to guard a couple of feet as they're about to approach each other. And he says, I'll remember that and puts his mask up. And that's when guard kind of grabs him to say something, you know? Well, I mostly triggered that he took his mask off. I didn't hear anything you said after that. All right. It was really smart of him to put it back on though, before (laughs) the, the exchange really started to happen. But (laughs) I'm kidding everyone out there. It's a, it's a joke. Yeah. I, Tom Izzo's absolutely right. If we're going to just all of a sudden just go away with the handshake line because of one thing, then we've we've definitely got some huge, huge issues here. Well, that's I mean, how we handle things these days. You know, we have one game between, what, A&M and Louisiana State that goes through a bunch of uh, overtime back and forth, and we change the rule. No, it was so awesome. Hey, this game was so awesome, and every like let's ESPN make sure it never happens again. is so awesome. Let's make sure it never happens again. ESPN's top fifty games of the twenty twenty season or twenty nineteen season, whenever it happened, and that was number one on the list. And we changed the rule so it would never ever happen again. Yeah, right. I don't, I don't understand it, man. Right? Yep, 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 yep. It's that's that's how we operate now. Is we make knee jerk reactions to things that that rarely happen and. Uh, you don't need to eliminate handshake lines. You don't need to 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 do anything else other than act like a man whenever you sure. win or whenever you lose. Yeah, no doubt. Right? I'm, I'm guessing, though, that you weren't much of a let's chat it up on the field after the game 
first one in the locker room. Yeah, every time. that does not. That is the least shocking thing of all time. It'd be different if. Is maybe a little bit different in the NFL if you played against an OU guy, especially. I'd go dudes find that you out. Pay. Yeah, I'd, I'd yeah. run out there, find yeah. a, a friend or team, former teammate. But college, like, there was never anyone from your high school that played anywhere else in the Big 12. Um, I don't feel like well, you had any friends that played. Like, so. Yeah, I'll tell you it. right now this college, um, what do you call that where the teams kind of go out there and meld together in the middle like and everyone's hey good game man whatever like that did not exist whenever i was in college here as soon as the game's over everyone beeline right to the nobody was uh, exchanging jerseys out no. there on the field with one another you know that is a new fad like it was like a direct sprint into the into the locker room there was no loitering around uh on the field so that's like a that's a new thing but that's always exactly what i did my goal was as soon as the clock hit zero, sprint to the locker room, possibly even uh, change, get a shower in before the coach talks. It's an expert move. I got to hand it to you right there. Nice job. Yeah. You're so. you're using all the hot water before the offensive linemen get in there. Or hey, just, there's no hot water in here. <laughs> or guy just getting in the shower before there's any potential possibility of the offensive linemen rolling in there. That's that's, that's extremely smart. That's, that's what right. It's, that's what it's mostly about. Yeah, but man, come on, folks, let's go. Just don't have to knee jerk react about absolutely everything. But that's the nature of the beast. What if you have a knee-jerk reaction about something that never happened? Case in point, mm. Jaden Hazelwood tweeting out that yeah. OU fans were calling him soft. Now, you and I, um, we don't sit here and like call out a lot of people, but we try to you know call it as fair as fair can possibly be. Mm-hmm. And we field a lot of different texts of... You know, unpopular things said, like whatever. We field a lot of texts with a lot of different responses. I don't remember fielding one text, dude, not one text that had anything negative to say about Jaden Hazelwood. And I promise you, if there was anything negative being said out there about that kid, it would have happened on our text line. Yet I never I never saw it one time. Not once. I think the biggest negative we we've ever and I'm referencing myself here. I don't think anyone on the text line uh, ever said anything all that negative. Um, I may have been the most negative person at all of all, you know. And I said, you know, throughout when he was at OU, that I was I just I wasn't seeing the explosiveness from him, and maybe it was a lingering injury thing. Um, that and then, you know, the transfer situation. Maybe a little bit of, I get the transfer, but Arkansas, um, maybe not understanding that a little bit, but I, I think also a little bit of, he he was looped in whenever we have the conversation about we haven't gotten great production out of our five-star recruits. Um, but other than that, it's not like anything was necessarily directly aimed at him for transferring right like like he transferred a traitor none of that no. I I think everyone pretty much I think him and Rattler were kind of linked together that it was a 
uh, almost maybe not with Hazelwood an expectation, but like uh, the the project didn't work out. Yeah, we we get it. We understand it. Like it was more of a self reflection. Like yeah, Rattler. Looking back at it now. We treated you pretty poorly. We don't have much room to really come after you if you want to transfer away. Jaden Hazelwood was another one of those that was understood. Stogner, I feel like it was too. But, I mean, that more than anything. Like, I, I felt like Hazelwood, when he transferred, even when he was here, was, I don't know if handled with kid gloves, but people continually almost made excuses for him, you know? Right. Well, yeah, he's been hurt, but he may be the most talented guy that the wide receivers have in that room right now. I feel like that was said a bunch of times. So I, yeah. I don't know where that came from. Well, yesterday I, I don't I don't understand that. Here's but. the thing: it, you know how this works. There's probably one. Well, I don't want to say one. Let's say there was a hundred OU fans that got in his mentions about his transfer. I'd say like five percent of them were probably negative. I don't even know if that many. I think it yeah. might be. I might take the under on that. And he's he's probably, and like you always do, you latch on to the worst comments, right? Yeah. If you have 100 good comments and one bad comment, that bad one really eats at you. And I'm sure that's what's going on here. And I, I don't – people, players, athletes have to find – there, there's there's got to be something to to drive you right like yeah you want to be great and there's a drive to be great but it's way more effective if you have a villain or or an opponent to to focus your energy towards right to to drive you get you out of bed in the morning get that extra rep whatever it is and if if you can Pick some things out. Some people are really good at it. Michael Jordan was great at it, right? Finding things that weren't even there that fueled him. So I think that's this is probably a little bit of what that is. Well, he, um, I, I think he stirred up the wrong army. The OU Twitter army is not, not who a you good wanna, time for it. Yeah, like pick a pick or pick a more uh, easier foe. Yeah, because <laughs> this is not a fan base that you want to stir up. I feel like you know when they do those in-game updates. During the football games, if you know they're showing a highlight where Jaden Hazelwood has two touchdown catches against LSU, OU fans would have been like, oh, that's good. I'm glad to see Hazelwood out there making plays. Good for him. I don't know if it'll be the same tone now after uh, this, this whole thing last night. No, it'll. They'll probably someone probably has some video, uh, a little clip of him dropping a pass in the end zone or something that's going to play. There's no telling, but uh, a bit misguided. But here's the thing, man. When OU fans are on a Twitter rampage, you know, there's going to be a bit of collateral damage. And it wouldn't shock me if Hazelwood just seeing the way that OU fans have reacted to some of the transfers that went out west, like, looping himself in with that you know as because he was a guy that transferred out so i don't know it was interesting i don't i don't hold any ill will towards uh hazelwood i hope he does great there at arkansas um but 
you know, it wasn't a smart move necessarily on his end. Yeah. Uh, who is is it? Herm, don't hit send. Don't hit send. You could see what he's saying. You could tweet whatever you want. Just don't hit send. <laughs> All right, we got to get to Bob Stoops coming up next. The uh, anti uh, Herm Edwards coming up next. Oh, uh, great! Stuff. That is a compliment. Right. All right. Quick timeout. More from the rush coming up. We got Coach Stoops joining us next. This is the Ref Sports Radio Network. Smart decisions bring the biggest returns, like the 2021 GMC Sierra, built on a foundation of professional-grade engineering that brings a strong performance year after year. Offering the world's first multi-pro tailgate, this tailgate takes innovation. It is the rush on the ref. Tyler McComas, Teddy Lehman inside the Brown O'Haver studios. It's time for our favorite guest. Every Tuesday at 3.20, Coach Bob Stoops joins us, and I wonder what he's up to today. OU baseball is playing a game in this cold weather. Oh. I wonder, though, if this weather is cold enough for even Bob Stoops not to be on the golf course today. What's going on, Coach? Hey, uh, yeah, two things. Um, I wish I was at the baseball game, and it is too cold to, to golf. No doubt. <laughs> cold and windy. Yeah, that's what the old indoor uh, golf simulators were made for, is days like this. There is no doubt about that. Uh, hey, Coach, you know, we, we've we all been expecting since, oh, I guess last summer's whenever the talks really started to heat up about the expanded playoff, and they've been meeting, haven't been able to find common ground, and it looks like maybe they've shut down those those talks for now. Was that surprising to you as, as – as much momentum as it had, it feels like a big portion of the fan bases really want it. Most of the conferences, it sounds like, really want it. But the vote, I guess, was 8-3. to three. ACC, Pac-12, and Big Ten voted it down. Uh, were you surprised to see that? I was. Uh, all, when all the talk was happening, my opinion was, it's not if it's going to happen, it's how fast can they get it to happen being that all these universities, athletic programs have lost so much money over the last two years, you're talking somewhere around bringing in an extra $450 million for everyone. I mean, are you kidding me? And we're going to turn our back on that when, when all of our fan base for the most part wants it as well. And even if you don't go 12, go to eight, at least you add more significant games that players wouldn't opt out of if you're going to play, you know, more playoff games. On and on, it it did surprise me. Pre BCS OU as a program was extremely successful. BCS era OU was extremely successful. Playoff era OU has been extremely successful. So, with that being said, Bob, is there a particular number in a playoff format four, eight, twelve, sixteen that you think suits OU the best? Oh, I don't think anyone in particular suits us better than the other. Um, I think as much as anything, I think you just have to be careful with 12. I don't know, teams having a bye, you know, the first four teams. And then if not, you know, there's such a, you know, look at look at the playoff games uh, this year, the college playoff games. They weren't very, they weren't very close until the, the championship game. So now you're going to have even more disparity when you got number 12 
playing maybe number five or, you know, whatever. I, I just don't know that, you know, what the quality of games would be. But I guess if you were asking me just to go out and do it, I'd say 12 teams, more relevant games. And, um, you know, you got more teams with opportunities, more fan bases engaged. So why not start at 12? And if it isn't working, you maybe you pair it down from there. Yeah. No, I, I agree with that 100%. I think with 12, yeah, you don't guarantee that all 12 have the ability to win a championship. I mean, you never know someone could get hot. It, it would be rare because of the disparity. But I, I think you, you slowly start to make your way towards leveling the playing field a little bit. But, you know, the number you threw out, which that $450 million, and I, I agree – there's a bunch of schools out there. There's there's athletic departments that are in bad shape. There's there's a lot of folks out there that could really use an infusion of cash, which leads me to believe that this is just still posturing. People don't ever leave four hundred and fifty million dollars out there on the table when all they really have to do is is say yes, right? I mean this has to be some posturing and they're gonna get back to negotiating instead of just saying we're playing this thing all the way through the contract. Yeah, uh, you're you're right, you're right, and um, you know, and 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 it's easy for us, you know, to just sit back and think, oh, you just throw it together in a year. That's tough. You know, places you're playing and locations and contracts, and that takes some time to put together. So, you know, hopefully it'll happen. Uh, I'm with you. I agree. I don't think it's obviously not done for good, and it's. Again, just how quickly can we get to it? This segment with Coach Bob Stoops brought to you by Yo Pablo on Campus Corner. Go check them out. Uh, why don't you have a shot or two of that new strawberry tequila rock and roll? Uh, you can do that at, uh, right here on Campus Corner. Hey, I, I want to ask you a random question about one of your former players that is currently on this coaching staff, DeMarco Murray. And this is nothing new, but he's really having a lot of success as a running backs coach. When he was playing, obviously he was a star and he was headed towards NFL stardom. Was there at any point, though, during his time in Norman or maybe immediately after it, you th- that you thought, hey, this guy could be a really good recruiter. He's got a future as a uh, college football assistant coach if he wants it. Oh, yeah, absolutely. You, you, you know your players. You know your guys. He's, a, he's an incredible person, humble guy, um, and, kept, and you know, incredibly smart in the classroom. And everything that he does, I mean, you know, so those are, you know, I, he's a superstar, and I, I knew it all along. I mean, the guy was always a great student, you know, three-point, you know, almost a four-point up there with all his grades and great communicator, fun, easy guy to be around. You know, every all of that, you know, you know all translates to being a good football coach and a, and a great recruiter and, and a great motivator for young people. Yeah, it says a lot. A guy that's had as much success in life as as he has that he's willing and able to come back and step right in and and get after the grind. You know, there's some guys that you know want to come back and trans this and transition into coaching that maybe don't want to put in those those hours. And he's been he's been just a, a well, home run. That was that was the talk with he and I. He called me right away when that's what he started to think about and and that's what you caution people don't always realize 
People see you play on Saturday. They know you practice for a couple hours a day, and they think that's all there is to it. And you know, it's a you're you're up in that office a good 16, 17 hours a a day, and it's a seven day a week job most most of the entire year. And that was my my only caution to them is make sure you understand what you're getting into, and not only you. Make sure your spouse understands what you're getting into. <laughs> and I mean it. Yeah. You know, uh, it, uh, it's a different way of living. And, and you know, your spouse has to be on board and understand it. And um, anyway, and and then once he, I knew that's what he wanted to do, I loved it. I, I had no surprise at all that he's that he's doing such a great job. Well, I, I totally agree. Um, back kind of to the, the playoff talk. I've always thought that, you know, we've got 130 Division One teams, and it's abundantly clear that nowhere near 130 teams have a have a chance to win a, a championship every year. You could probably boil it down to more like 30 instead of 130. But the the group of five outside of the Power Five conferences, I I've always said that they should have their own playoff. I Especially if if there's if it's going to be really difficult to get this thing expanded, I'd like I think there's some really good teams out there that have really good fan bases. It's good football, but they're just not able to compete against the Alabamas, the Oklahomas, the Ohio States, and rightfully so. They've got like five percent of the budget of some of those those huge schools. Uh, do you think that they would benefit of going on their own a little bit or? If you if you do that and you admit that you're I guess second tier, would that end up hurting them in the long run? Well, I I've been on record saying it before. I don't know if it was last year or um, last year at some point I brought that up that I I know I would love to watch a group of five playoff. You know that's good football. They're great programs, coaches and players. Um, but I'm with you. I don't. I just don't see it ever happening where they're, you know, have the strength to win it all. Um, you know, Cincinnati. You know, very great team this year, and a, you know, and deserve to be there and have that chance. But you know, if I was a betting man, I I, I know where my money would have been. And um, especially so I, in an expanded playoff, where where you would have to win what three games, right, instead of just a one or a two. Yeah, but I, I think there's a great TV market, uh, stadium market for a group of five playoffs. That'd be a, I'd, I'd love to watch that. I agree. I mean, like, during cool. the month of December when there's not a whole lot going on in, in, until the later no, part of it? No, and again, those are a lot of excellent football teams and players, and to me it'd be incredibly entertaining to watch. And I'm with you. Then somebody has a chance to say, hey, we're national champs. Mm-hmm. You know, in the group of five, and uh, you know, so and I don't, I don't believe that would hurt their recruiting. That's, I guess, that's just my opinion. 
Last one from, from me, Bob. And by the way, this segment with Bob Stoops brought to you by Yo Pablo on Campus Corner. We let off the show today with an audio clip from your buddy uh, Tom Izzo up there at Michigan State because there's a conversation right now. Should we just abandon the, uh, the, the, the lines after the game to say congratulations between the two teams after what happened in the Michigan-Wisconsin game? Tom Izzo is basically saying, like, that's ridiculous. That's a sad state of affairs if we can't even have a line anymore after the games to show sports sportsmanship after this I don't know if you have a, a, a real opinion after what happened on Sunday but what do you think about the the thought out there that all right well we just need to do away with two teams shaking hands after the game because obviously it's, it might just lead to a fight like it did on Sunday well I, I, I think you could find somewhere in between if there's been some hostility avoid it there's no sense and you know I wish that would have happened the other day just avoid the situation. Football, you know what? If you want to avoid somebody you don't like on the other side, you go shake ten other guys' hand and you don't shake his. You know what I mean? You know, I think football, we don't have a line. I, I, you know, and you, you watch pro football, same thing. They all go find their buddies, guys they know. You know, show some sportsmanship that way. You have to shake every single guy's hand. I don't know. But I, I, I sure wouldn't think you'd do away with it. But I do think it's it's easy to find some reason that when there has been a problem, just avoid it. Call each other the next day and explain yourself, whatever, if you feel the need to. But you know, avoid you know avoid that. It's, you know, you, you don't you don't need that scene. You ever have anyone uh, say something or have any heated exchanges after a game with an opposing coach? At a handshake? No, no. I uh, I said something something foolishly off the cuff. Thank God a season about a you know somebody's schedule and they're playing so and so and so and so and so and so. And I got to thinking that was bad. That that <laughs> just puts those other teams down. And I I called the coach and apologized. I said that was stupid. You know I was flipping at me. I shouldn't have said it. And you know and I'm sorry. You know, I I, uh, I should have thought before I said that, you know. But, no, I've never had an altercation on the field with anybody. No one wanted those Youngstown hands. They know you guys used to box down in the basement with Mancini. <laughs> well, no, that, we, I've been in my share of those, but, no, not on the football field. And, you know, there's, there's no reason for it. Like I said, I think when coaches all get heated, just – when you're in that situation, avoid it, man. Just, you know, uh, I'll catch you next time if you didn't like what somebody did. Good stuff, Coach. We always appreciate your time. We know you're busy. Uh, thanks for stopping by. Okay, guys. Great to be with you. Have a good day. See ya. All right, Coach. Good stuff. Uh, who do you think he said that to? That had to have been uh, probably early, Bob Stoops. He said that he made a comment towards a coach about the the schedule that they had that that year. Is that what he said? Yeah. Did he say it was in the off season? Uh, maybe. I think we're all. Uh, e- even though I think we all like Mac Brown around here, the nostalgia <laughs> factor is that hopefully it's Mac Brown in the early two thousands, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't know who that could be. If I'm trying to think when the schedule thing was really big, was it would it have been maybe during the uh, like a playoff talk of someone maybe? Well, I mean the the, the the whole thing the the schedule and I mean the BCS kind of it seemed like it changed a little bit as we went along. It's, yeah, 
you know, they removed some things. Like, you had to beat – when you played a bad team, you had to beat them soundly, or that counted against you, that really hurt you in the right. BCS. So, <laughs> there's probably multiple situations where that could have been the case. I'm sure the text line will light up uh, figuring out exactly who that was. Good stuff, though. Love hearing from Coach. All right, let's hit a timeout. Hit us on the Air Comfort Solutions text line, 651-3439. This hour of The Rush is brought to you by Central Oklahoma Buick GMC dealers. Check out your local dealers for great purchase and lease deals on the full line of Buicks and GMC trucks. Are you looking for the kind of OU apparel you can wear at work or dress-up events? The Jimmy Austin Pro Shop carries the best brands like Tommy Bahama, Peter Millar, Travis Matthew, Footjoy, Greg Norman, Polo, and most recently, the popular Lulu. It is the rush brought to you by Pacifico. Pacifico letter reminds you to live life. Anchors up. Good stuff there from Coach Bob Stoops. Appreciate him coming on as he does every Tuesday at 320. Text line, like you said, is lighting up right now. How about less miles? Less like to run his mouth publicly. I have no idea if it was less miles or not, but it might be fair to say that if there was any opposing coach during his tenure that got his his and the program's blood boiling um, to a pretty high level. Les Miles probably did it more than anyone else, even though he wasn't at Oklahoma State for a you know, super long period of time. No doubt. He, he was the one that really pushed OU's buttons back then. Uh, yes. And I don't – but I don't know – yeah, maybe, maybe that's the one. I don't know. I also had someone text me and say – Maybe it had something to do with K-State because their schedules were always... Uh, yeah, their non-cons were always really bad, man. Always but it was really, really smart. Those horrible, horrible non-cons are part of the reason Kansas State was able to slowly turn that ship around and uh, start winning some games and improving their record and building on it. Sean says FCS has a playoff all December. It's a level dominated by North Dakota State. Most games are on ESPN. Nobody watches. So that's a rebuttal, I guess, to the non-Power 5 having its own playoff. Yeah, and I've heard that argument before, but I would just say that I think North Dakota playing teams that we haven't really heard of would be a far cry from, and I know they're going to be in the Big 12, but like Cincinnati, UCF, some of those, I mean, there's some there's some really good football out there, and it's spread out throughout the the non power five. But there's there's some schools that have quite a bit bigger fan bases than the ones that are in the FCS. The problem is they'd be going head to head, and I I don't think that they play on Sunday or anything. They'd be going head to head with the NFL, and we'd all be kind of looking forward to the national championship in college football. That, that's the big deficit that they'd have. Well, if they did it in an offseason where nobody else was playing, I think it would have a lot of success. And I'm for it. Like, I'm, I'm not against it. I'm just saying that when you're going up against those other two things, it, it, it'd be a tough time for them. Well, I don't know, man. I, 
you really wouldn't be going up. You're going like the college football is always going up against the NFL, but if the big boys are not playing at all, and you would just only be going up against like if you did it in December, like before all the big bowl games happen, I think you'd be able like if you just rolled right into it. I think you'd get a, a probably a decent share. Now, here's the thing. It's never going to compete with the college football playoff as we know it. It's not. But Conference USA gets like $4 million to their schools that when they split distribution. There's got to be a way to create more revenue for those conferences. Maybe. There has to be a way. They're probably more willing to do something like this now. After we all watched Cincinnati, Bama just basically ran the most simple offense of all time and just turned and hand the ball off. You know, like well, before it would be, well, I mean, we could have a chance to play for the big national championship. We could make the playoff. It finally happened. Uh, Cincinnati got rolled over. So now it's maybe like, yeah, let's go do our own thing. Well, please. that's the thing, man, is they just, there's, there's no way that they can compete. With with the schools that that make as much money as they do, with the don't whenever you add the donorship money and all of that stuff in there, you're talking about athletic departments that make hundreds of millions of dollars a year, compared to athletic departments that make five million dollars a year. Bob Stoops didn't tell us Boomer sooner at the end of the call, crying face emoji. I know. I, I was, was kind of waiting on it was too. Waiting on that, and it did not happen today. 77 nothing, Dennis Francione. The way we beat the brakes off of A&M that year, I can still remember the look of domination on DF's face during the entire game. Crying face emoji. Yeah, that picture will live in infamy. The score at the bottom, 77 nothing, and Dennis Francione with a look of uh, pure... I don't even know what you called that face that he had that day. Uh, Mista, Mista, get me out of here. I, seriously, you talk about wanting a game to end. Oof. Right. I yeah I I don't know though I I just get frustrated when I continually see non-power five teams march out for money purposes only to be pummeled by schools that they have no Whoa, way of competing with. You're upset. You should try paying for season tickets sometime and having to pay for those games. I, I know. <laughs> then you'll be really upset. Uh, trust me on that one. Right? It's it's just it's it's ridiculous. The 130 schools in Division 1 football that are all vying for that ultimate national championship and 100 of them have no chance because of budget, because of recruiting, because of a million different things. They have zero chance of, of being able to compete for that. And I guess I'm annoyed that they're okay with that. I It defeats the purpose of playing the sport, in my opinion. I mean, I guess if they want to go play for their own national championship, let it be, whatever. Uh, it wouldn't take long to put together a new p- uh, playoff if Muleshoe was in charge. He'd get it done in an hour and a half on a Sunday morning. It's pretty funny. <laughs> I like that quite a bit. Very good point. Yeah. Very good point. Less like to run his mouth publicly, a lot of people saying. Yeah, let's see. He got under – I feel like he got under that coaching staff. He got under OU fans. Was uh, the 03 Bedlam game 
wasn't Mike Stoops when you guys really started dominating, like yelling to their sideline, you want more? You want some more? Like, wasn't he, like, he was always pretty pumped up, but what I've heard is he was, uh, he was rather pumped up that day, especially. I can't remember. I can't remember. Um, that is very, very possible. Because there was a lot of energy uh, that day, for sure. But I, uh, I don't remember if, if that was uh, necessarily the case. It would not shock me up. Or shock me. It doesn't take much to get uh, Mike Stoops uh, riled up. Yeah. Uh, but back to the whole original point, most of the conversation with Bob. If you're out there really wanting the eight team or twelve team playoff, whatever, you're you're going to get your expanded playoff. Like there's just no way that you leave that that amount of money on the table. It will get done one way or the other. It may take a what I think. revolution in the sport for it to happen. There was a piece on Saturday down south today that basically said, you know, the SEC's in a great spot, the Big Ten's in a great spot, and no one else outside realizes how terrible in a spot they are. Basically saying that it's about to be the SEC and the Big Ten. Those two are about to really lead the way in college football and everyone else is screwed. So one way or the other, your your expanded playoff will happen. Well, I mean, the ACC, like, think of how close some of these conferences are. The ACC is... Clemson walking away from all of a sudden being a terrible football conference, right? Yeah. Um, the Big 12, their future is already kind of uncertain. The Pac-12 is one or two schools away leaving to where it's like, oh, God, what do we do now? So I, I think that they might be closer to the edge than what what they might, you know, what, what they think. Well, yeah, it, if, if it wasn't for Clemson right now, the ACC would be a total afterthought. Um, the Pac-12, I I think, is an afterthought. And with Oklahoma and Texas leaving the Big 12, I shouldn't say Oklahoma and Texas. With Oklahoma leaving the Big 12, the Big 12 is um, flirting with that type of territory as well. And you're left with the biggest majority of the teams that are going to be able to compete. Outside of just a handful of schools, Notre Dame, um, if you want to include Clemson, you can. There's Outside of those two conferences, SEC and Big Ten, including Oklahoma, that's that's the majority of where the players are. Yeah, well, I mean, look at the Big 12. If the, if the playoff doesn't expand past four teams, there, it's going to be a very rare occurrence to where they get a team in the college football playoff, in my opinion, because that league is – already been looked at as weak, but now with OU and Texas leaving the conference, I don't care how good Cincinnati's been in the past. You know what the perception of that league is going to be. Right. Someone coming out of the Big 12 in a 14 playoff is going to have to go undefeated with maybe a really nice non-conference win to get in that thing. So if the Big 12, the new Big 12, wants to have any relevance at all, it better hope that the thing expands. Right. Yeah. I. I don't know. It's hard to it's hard to really figure what would happen, but there's there's started to be a little bit of chatter about the SEC and the Big Ten saying, eh, well, hmm. I guess we could probably just do this thing on our own if we want to. I don't think the SEC is just now realizing that they can do the thing on their own. I, I right. think that they've been ahead of the game in that regard. They've been pretty forward thinking. Right. All right, quick time out. More from the rush coming up. We'll wrap up our number one next.
Citra, Oklahoma, Buick, GMC dealers bringing you hour number one of the rush on this Tuesday. I'll get to a few texts on the Air Cover Solutions text line. This one just says, Lincoln Riley is a bunghole. Huh. Uh, this one says, get rid of Vandy. I don't know. Don't get rid of Nashville. I say keep Nashville. Keep Vandy. Nashville. Keep Nashville in the SEC. Where did that conversation come from? I don't really know. Just randomly? Just get rid of, get rid of uh, Vandy. Huh. Tiger Rube says the old BCS format was it. We need to bring it back. Teams play 12 to 13 regular season games with conference championship included. Top eight teams go to the four major bowls. Four winners advance to a playoff. It's become a bigger headache just for the money. You know, that sounds good in theory, but the Rose Bowl would be like, oh, I don't know if this works for our schedule this year. Sorry. We can't play games on January 2nd. Yeah. Ridiculous. Um, I say you leave the Rose Bowl in the dust if that's how they want to act. I love that proposal. There's a problem with it. It's too easy. It makes too much sense. It takes too much power away from the committee, and it'll never happen. Yeah, That's the unfortunate part about it. All of the things that make sense and are easy and logical and you feel like everyone would be able to get behind, the people in power would never get behind it. More likely, Tiger Rube's plan happens in college football. Or OU wins as a 10-point dog tonight in Lubbock? OU wins Woo! in Lubbock, Texas. How about that? Yeah. Okay. You did say the team was going to win out. Now, it did not happen um, after the loss to Iowa State on Saturday. But you're still sticking with they're going to win in Lubbock tonight, huh? Yeah. Hmm. No one cares what I say or predict when it comes to basketball, so sure. I think they're going to win. Is that just basketball, by the way? No. Okay. Is that pretty much everything? (laughs) Yeah. Yes, it is. And I'm comfortable with that. We need Bo Gibson to light it up tonight, all right? But he hasn't been all that great on the road here recently. We need need him to get going. Six of nine from three. I, I, I sense it. All right. Quick timeout. Hour number two, The Rush, coming up next.